0: Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for tuning in today to get the natural resources that you need to help your child recover from their symptoms of autism. And remember that the definition of recovery is to regain health. We never know what the level of recovery will be for each child, and it's definitely different as each child is unique, but uh, our children can improve. And my son is one perfect example. I was told, as you've heard, to drug him and try behavioral therapies, and good luck, that that would be it. We would be managing symptoms, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to find what the causes were for my child uh, of his physical health and behavioral issues that were making his life unpleasant, more than unpleasant, uncomfortable, and uh, and affected the whole family, as it as it does for yours as well, I know. And it can be challenging, and we just want our kids to be as healthy as they can be So yeah, I've spent 13 years now researching, interviewing experts uh, as you've heard on the shows and hopefully you've uh, been able to hear in the past about all of the various things that are going on for autism and I will continue on this quest for you because today my son has totally recovered after I was told that he could not recover. And uh, I would like to just offer you as many natural resources as possible so that you can get your child the optimum results. And today we're going to be talking about a very important subject for your child, and this affects every child on the autism spectrum, and that is the link between the gut microbiome and autism. So the gut affects the brain directly. It affects the immune system. There's so much to know about this, and we're very fortunate today to have a special guest with us. Who is an expert in this field and I'm going to give you a little bit of background on him before we uh, get into the interview and ask some questions, but we will be addressing things like leaky gut picky eating, which I know that you're dealing with because if you have a child on the autism spectrum you're dealing with picky eating and we'll let you know why and what you can what can what you can do about that and also you know how how the gut is directly affecting the brain and causes and of course what you can do about it. So uh anything that I link to uh for the show uh will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 20, just the le- the numbers two zero. So naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 20. I've got already some links to multiple studies on the gut-brain connection there for you and anything else that that our guest and I uh, talk about today, I'll link to there as well. So if you're out on your morning run or if you're driving in a car or you just don't have time right now to try to scramble to to catch everything, I've got it all laid out. I will have it all laid out for you on that page there. Today, our special guest is Karen Krishnan. Kieran is a research microbiologist and has been involved in the dietary supplement and nutritional market for the past 17 years. He comes from a strict research background, having spent several years with hands-on research and development in the fields of molecular medicine and microbiology at the University of Iowa. He left university research to take a position as, as the U.S. business development and product development lead for Amano Enzyme USA. Amano being one of the world's largest suppliers of therapeutic enzymes used in the dietary supplement and pharmaceutical industries in North America. Kieran has developed over 50 private label nutritional products for small to large brands on the global market. He conducts the popular monthly microbiome series webinars through the Rebel Health Tribe Group practicing training programs. He has been a special guest on multiple satellite radio shows and on health summits as the microbiome expert, and he's currently involved in nine novel human clinical trials on probiotics and the human microbiome. So welcome, Kieran, and thank you so much for being here today. Uh, this is such a, uh, an important subject for children on the autism spectrum, and I am one that i know directly my son's gut was needing to be healed up uh it, and he had a lot of problems there and when i even just first started working with that i noticed differences before i even got into the rest of the detoxification and other things that i did with him but the gut is number one to start dealing with so thank you for being here are you there i know we're having a little technical issue this morning are you there
1: yeah, I am. Thank you so much for having me. And um I, I, I love your um introduction to the show because one of the biggest things that I always talk about is how, you know, many of these conditions are reversible. Um, because at the end of the day, they come down to not some genetic defect within uh, your, your DNA that can't be changed or, or some, some mismatching of um, your, your DNA sequences. It's, it's more or less a eco- ecological issue, um, you know, and it, it, it's a change in what the population of microbes should be like, um, and, and the great thing about that is if you change that population Relation, again with the right therapies you really can make a significant difference in the outcome of the condition um, so it's it's um, such an important topic and I'm and I'm honored to be invited to talk to you about it so thank you
0: well thank you. We have uh, a lot of parents that, you know, really are wondering why why is my child this way? Why why do they have these behavioral issues? What's causing them? Why are they picky eaters? Why are they having trouble maybe absorbing their food when they're even getting some nutrition into them? So why don't I think maybe the first the the first step is to start with with maybe the causes? Like why would a child have uh, a gut issue in the first place? And and I, and I know that can back up to uh, pregnancy as well, which I, I definitely think we should, we should cover too.
1: Yeah, so there's, there's lots of um, things that could that could trigger a dysfunctional um, microbiome, and that's, that's the collection of uh, organisms and all of the genetic elements that live in and on our system. Um, it could be environmental chemicals early on in life or even during pregnancy, um, significant diet alterations changes in metabolic status, uh, for example, studies have been linking, and these are all correlative studies, not, not directly causative, but the data is pretty strong, uh, prenatal and perinatal acetaminophen exposure seems to increase the risk or be associated with the development of ASD, and we know that acetaminophen impacts the gut in the microbiome, um, as, as well as exposure to antibiotics early on in life. Or even during pregnancy is linked to the development event of, of um, ASD. Uh, proton pump inhibitors if, if mom's using them for example uh, to treat gastroesophageal re- uh, reflux disease um, it's also associated with ASD even things of course one of the biggest ones is pesticides like Roundup um, and heavy metals have all been linked to ASD which can cause micro- uh, mitochondrial dysfunction of course in the body and in the brain but those things also disrupt the population of bacteria in the gut. So all of these things um, can mount together, and in most cities that we live in, we have a number of these things occurring at the same time. You know, we most of us get a fairly significant exposure to these herbicides and pesticides. We've all had multiple rounds of antibiotics. We all um, see these uh, chemical preservatives in our food, even things like uh, chemical emulsifiers that slough off the top layer of your microbiome, and at the end of Today we live in a very antibiotic world, right, and that's against life, right, that's what antibiotic means, we all, you know, most people, most people sterilize their home uh, with Clorox cleaners and all that, and all that has a significant impact on our ecology.
0: I know, and it's surprising because you know a mom think you know you think you're doing such a great job keeping things as clean as you can, and and not realizing that those those some of those little bugs maybe not all, but some of those little bugs can actually be helpful in building the immune system. We need to take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna catch up right right where we're living off here. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally. Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas, and today we have special guest Karen Krishnan with us, who is a microbiome expert, and we are talking about the link between the gut microbiome and autism, all things that have to do with the causes and effects of leaky gut, picky eating, uh, various uh, digestive disorders. And before the break, we were talking about some of the causes. So, Karen, would you uh, go ahead and just go ahead and continue with some of the the causes you were discussing and for uh, I also want to mention you had you had talked about roundup which there's a an interview I did with an MIT professor named Stephanie Seneff on uh, the the dangerous herbicide that's in roundup called glyphosate and it's very important as a parent of a child with autism or really as anybody should know the dangers of this and I have uh, linked to it on that page for this show uh, for that interview as well so you can listen to it and get that- that information and and again the the show notes will be at naturally recovering forward slash 20 just the number two zero so um, Karen yeah let's let's get back to, to some of those causes
1: yeah so um, you know we, we can tie all of this so clearly when you start looking at all the data and if you, if you're able to connect the different dots um, so when you look at the microbiome of children who have autism there are certain Microbial um, characteristics that they tend to have. For example, Clostridium tetani tends to be high in kids with autism, but not in uh, in kids who are who don't who aren't on the spectrum. Um, and and they've looked at age-matched cohorts, so um, you know kids of the same age, kind of same living conditions, and so on. Uh, but but one group on the spectrum, the other not. The ones on the spectrum uh, tend to have high levels of Clostridium tetani. There's another bacteria called Clostridium voltae, which has been shown to be significantly elevated in kids with ASD. Um, there's another one called Clostridium histolyticum, um, and, and so on. So there's a four or five bacteria that seem to be elevated in, in the guts of kids with ASD. Now, and this is no coincidence, that when you look at how glyphosate and that roundup affects the gut it actually selects for these particular organisms because many of your beneficial organisms, like your bifidobacteria, your acromantia, your fecalin bacteria, these microbes are actually sensitive to the presence of Roundup and glyphosate. And so as you get continual exposure to Roundup and glyphosate, what ends up happening is you create an environmental condition in your gut that selects for the organisms that happen to be associated with autism and against the organisms that can protect you from autism. You know, and so, uh, for example, the kid's food that has the highest amount of glyphosate is Cheerios. You know, and so, I mean, imagine all of the kids in the U.S. from early on age. And and in fact, a lot of times behaviorists will say to, um, you know, give them Cheerios because it helps with the fine motor skills right, of, of picking those little things up and putting it in your mouth, and every time you put one of those things in the mouth, you're, you're kind of messing up the, the microbiology in the gut, selecting for the bacteria that shouldn't be there at high levels and are associated with the condition and against the bacteria that protect against the condition.
0: Yeah, the the roundup. It, it's funny too because uh, so many people are well, a lot of our crops, whether it's gluten or even gluten free these days, they're 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 getting sprayed with uh, with glyphosate from the roundup before the crops are harvested, and then the grains are being eaten by a lot of the animals as well. Uh, so we're getting it in certain in a lot of meats. But you know, most kids, you see them eating Cheerios. I seem to be one of those those foods that uh, parents seem to hand to them first, and that's why it's it's. Been- important to be educated about this so that you realize it's not just the processed carbohydrate that's turning to sugar, that's feeding candida and pathogenic bacteria in your gut, which is all not good. But that it it's it's all these foods are loaded with glyphosate, which is really affecting our kids today. So um so what you know I know that there's uh so it's it's foods and um and then you mentioned acetaminophen during pregnancy, uh, roundup and glyphosate. Uh, I know stress is also a big one as far and also in pregnancy and things that can be inherited from from Mom even in utero.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, gestational stress is a really interesting effect because uh, there have been animal studies on this where they take two sets of pregnant mice um, and one pregnant one set of pregnant mice are allowed to give uh, go through gestation and end up giving birth under normal comfortable conditions. The other mice are allowed to uh, are done, uh are housed in stressful conditions, and what they find is that the mice that are housed in stressful conditions tend to give birth to babies, um, progeny that end up having autism dis- uh, symptoms. And um, so it, it's really distinctive. And, of course, you can't study these in humans, so we have to follow the animal model studies, but it's really clear in the animal model studies that stress plays a significant role in the cognitive development of the child. Um, now, uh, another thing, they've, they've looked at um, leaky gut and so leaky gut causes a very specific type of inflammation both in mom and in the child so they had examined leaky gut and um, induced by a viral toxin for example in in the pregnant mice and what they found was that the the mice that gave birth to children, uh, to um, babies, the ones that had leaky gut, gave birth to babies that had lots of autism spectrum symptoms versus the, you know, kept in normal, healthy environment, those mice did not give babies, give birth to babies with autism spectrum disorders. And so what was even more telling is then when they took um, serum samples from the mom that was kept uh, with this condition of leaky gut and then injected it into the healthy babies from the other mom, the healthy babies developed autism spectrum symptoms as well. So there's a, there's a clear association between um, in a mom's stress level during gestation um, and, and things surrounding the, the health of the pregnancy that can set off a higher risk. ASD. One of the the key things is the serotonin production because we know that early on low levels of serotonin production can actually cause um, significant dysfunction in how the brain develops. And this is true in epilepsy and it's true in ASD as well. So studies published since 2004 have shown that early disruption of serotonin production will have an increased risk for ASD um, uh, dysfunctions And what you find is that um, in uh, in 2015, a study published that showed that 95% of the serotonin that you require is actually produced in the gut itself. So all of that serotonin dysfunction that we see early on in life that can lead to ASD and even something like epilepsy is due to lack of serotonin production in the gut. So it all kind of comes back down to how dysfunctional the gut
0: is right again the the gut brain connection, I think a lot of. Uh, people aren't really aware of how much the gut directly affects the brain, and uh, we need to take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today we have special guest Kieran Krishnan with us, who is a specialist in the microbiome and its link from the gut, the gut-brain uh, connection. And uh, what we were talking about before the last break was were some causes. And uh, we left off on neurotransmitter disruption. And neurotransmitters are are brain messengers, and I always call serotonin the king of neurotransmitters. And we just mentioned that ninety-five percent of serotonin production is, is 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 created in the gut. And so, why don't we talk a little bit more about that, and what kind of symptoms parents can notice if that's a disruption? And then, of course, yes, and we want to get into you know uh, you know some beyond the causes as well as some some things that you can do that can help. Um, so, Karen, do you want to do you want to uh, kind of just continue where you left off with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I just want to reinforce that point that 90 to 95% of the serotonin that we have in our body is produced in the gut, and it's produced by these cells called enterochromaffin cells, and the only way they produce it is if they're stimulated by certain bacteria in the gut, um, and they're typically what they're stimulated by are spore-forming bacteria, which is the kind of microbes that we work with, um, and, and what's important about that is that the cell- studies on the pathology of the development of autism, so that following really um, early on kids to looking at when you start seeing most symptomologies, which is around the age of three, between two and a half and three, um, they found that the low levels of serotonin seems to play a significant role in the important parts of brain development, and then it, it also triggers um, uh, DNA rea- uh, DNA expression that overdevelops certain parts of the brain and at the end of the day one of the things that that ends up leading to is a dysfunction in serotonin uh, production and, and function but also in dopamine so dopamine is the food is sorry it's the neurotransmitter that creates reward centers and it's typically um, associated with food you know like when we eat and we feel good about it that's dopamine being released so when we exercise move when, um, when something could happen that's actually beneficial to us dopamine is being released and that gives you that reward center of the brain so that ties in behaviors Uh, that are beneficial to your system to this reward center. So imagine you're a kid on the spectrum and you've got low-functioning dopamine, you've got low-functioning serotonin, you eat something or you try something, and because you have significant GI distress, it hurts your gut. Right it, it actually you feel physical pain because of the gas, the bloating the indigestion, and you don't have that dopamine release associated with food and because of that, it becomes really easy for kids to end up with aversions to food rather than um, you know lots of likes and and even all the way to the point where People who tend to struggle with weight have addictions to food, so that's the other end of the dopamine spectrum, but kids with ASD have low dopamine production, and then food typically gives them like um, a negative reaction because their guts are not in good shape, and so they quickly develop these aversions that end up being picky eating. And so it all comes back to the gut-brain connection, how their body responds to the food that they're eating and how their brain gets programmed to, um, to experience the process of eating.
0: And so what, what is it that uh, if this is going on and, you know, parents might say, I'm trying everything to get my child to eat and uh, it's not working. So th- we're looking at, um, you know, of course, you've got to clean up the, and get the right diet. And uh, and then you want to address as well the low probiotic uh, uh, activity in the gut and finding some spore forming, um, uh, fight, ones that fight pathogens can help to survive, you know, the their, their there are so many I, I, so many bad probiotics on the market, and um, and I know uh, as well with my research there are, are a few that are excellent, and I, I know that you're involved with one, and um, and I've actually linked to it on the page for the show notes as well. But uh, why don't we talk about for parents? So if you're addressing p- picky eating. What is it? And you know, and, and all these issues are going. You've got low dopamine. The kids are hurting when they eat. They've got low serotonin. So in a natural sense, beyond you know, some supplementation what natural supplementation what, what would you suggest to help to build up the, the gut and start the healing process besides of course sure. the so right diet the and things. I will link to that too
1: yeah absolutely so one of the one of the important things that leads to the um, the the indigestion type of symptoms the the pain and the the dysfunction that they feel as they're trying to digest food is because their their production of enzymes tends to be severely compromised so kids with ASD that tend to have a dysfunctional gut a gut that's um, severely inflamed T- tend to produce lower levels of, of enzymes like protease, for example. So when, when they're digesting proteins, what, what is supposed to happen is proteins will enter the stomach, they'll, be, um, they'll, they'll come into contact with stomach acid that'll start hydrolyzing or breaking them up, and then <clears throat> when they go into the small bowel, there's a whole bunch of protease enzymes that your, that your body produces that will break up the protein so that you get small amino acids moving through, and getting absorbed and utilized in the body. Now if you are a child with autism and you're not producing as much of that um, protease enzyme, when you eat protein, less of it gets broken down into amino acids. You end up with these longer chain proteins that end up putrefying in parts of the gut. And when it putrefies, it causes a lot of gas and a lot of pain. And that gas and pain then also increase inflammation, which even lowers the protein intake even further. So just the breaking down of food becomes a severe task for kids on the spectrum. So one of my recommendations though, is always to feed them pre digested food as much as you can early on. Now what is a predigested food? Well, a predigested food is really a fermented food. You know, so if, if your child is, um, is has been diagnosed on the spectrum or has recently been been diagnosed being on the spectrum, you want to start trying to incorporate pre-digested or fermented foods, and that could be uh, fermented fruits, vegetables, um, extracts from fermented foods. What tends to occur with fermented foods is they get predigested by the bacteria, so it's easier to absorb those nutrients, including the proteins, so you don't end up with that uh, food product that isn't digestible and stuck in the gut, putrefying and causing problems. And then you also end up with a high nutritional content because during the process of uh, fermentation, the bacteria that are doing the fermentation will convert carbohydrates and proteins and other uh, vitamins and things like that that are in the food to other useful nutrients. So then they end up with a more nutritious, easily absorbed, um, easier to digest food and that might slow down some of the aversions that they kind of have with the process of eating.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a, a great solution. I want to uh, get get further into this. Uh, we need to take a short break, but when we come back, we will definitely move move into more of the solution-oriented aspects for uh, for leaky gut problems with um, any type of gut issues that might be going on. So you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio, and we're discussing the link between the gut microbiome and autism. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today we have Karen Christian with us, and we are talking about the link between the gut microbiome and autism. And before the last break, we were talking about getting into some of the solutions, and we mentioned uh, fermented foods. And fermented foods being something that is a predigested uh, bacterial food that can help your body, help a child's body to digest foods more easily. I do want to give a little uh, little information with that as well. Now that you've heard that, I know some parents are ready to race off to the store to to get some fermented foods or start cooking some. And this is something that you need to start out with slowly because fermented foods, as as they help the gut, they just like a probiotic, they will, they can too much too quickly can cause something called die off. And a couple episodes ago on the radio show, I talked about uh, the detoxification episode where we uh, discussed how die off toxins are when pathogenic bacteria are literally dying off, and they as they die, they release more toxins. Toxins into the system. They release toxins when they're alive, but when they start dying off, they release even more. So we want to do this in very low and slow increments. Um, And so, Karen, I just wanted to say you're on the same page here with me with that. Yes
1: yeah absolutely so that that is an important point i'm glad you bring that up because and and anything any changes with kids on the spectrum because their guts are tenuous they're sensitive we always have to do things quite slowly um because you know even adding like you mentioned even adding too much of the right probiotic can cause die-off and cause negative symptomology adding too much fiber uh, can cause die-off. You know, the wrong thing that they drink too much of can cause die-off. So it is really important to start, you know, slowly shaping the microbiome um, and and doing it in a in a way that is um, that, that is slow and slow, like you said, which which actually um, will will help them adjust to the changes much better. Because we definitely don't want to cause that first-time or reaction and die-off. Um, but but that having that pre-digested food really Helps, and then the other part that that can really aid in the pre in the digestion, and um, and then the proper type of fermentation that we want to see occurring in the intestine is the use of uh, digestive enzymes. So ones, ones especially with high levels of proteases can really help, um, and then the right probiotic. For example, the spore probiotic that we work with, um, the the product Just Live. We see a lot of success with that in kids on the spectrum because one of the things that it does is it starts to heal the leakiness in the gut, right? And we know that the leakiness in the gut is a big driver of the types of inflammation uh, that cause a lot of the symptomology and and progresses the disease. Um, And then a lot of the leakiness in the gut also prevents the nutrient uptake that is required from the diet itself. For example, one of the most frequent um, nutrient deficiencies in kids on the spectrum are certain essential amino acids. Right, so these are amino acids like valine, leucine, phenylalanine, lysine, um, and so kids on the spectrum because they're not breaking down the proteins effectively, their guts are also inflamed so they're not absorbing these amino acids that well, they tend to end up with a deficiency in these particular amino acids. Now what's, what's interesting about that is these particular Im- amino acids are the critical amino acids that are required to produce the neurotransmitter serotonin and dopamine. Right. So it's, it's all connected, right? So the lack of um, the, the, the dysfunctional uh, population in the gut is not stimulating enough serotonin and dopamine production. And at the same time, because the, the population is dysfunctional, the gut is inflamed and leaky, and so we're not digesting the proteins effectively. We're not getting the amino acids, and that way we're not even getting the right building blocks for the production of those neurotransmitters. So at the end of the day, it causes this whole cycle of ending up with low serotonin, low dopamine, and a dysfunction in, in the cognitive development. Um, and then that also leads to something called focal brain inflammation in autism. So there's there's a study that came out um, in the Journal of Neuroinflammation. I think this was back in 2013 that showed that kids on the spectrum experience stress a little bit differently than kids who are not on the spectrum. And one of the markers of kids who are on the spectrum and when they get stressed is they end up getting more neuroinflammation inflammation in the brain. That inflammation is like a negative immune reaction. And so stress becomes a much more tenuous, much more intense experience for kids who are on the spectrum because the leakiness in the gut leads to a significant increase in neuroinflammation when they get stressed. So all of this kind of comes back down to the gut and it can seem kind of crazy and overwhelming. You know, which is what we don't want to do, but what we want to do is get the point across that the gut has to be addressed. That's the central command system for all the things that are going dysfunctional in this condition, Um, you know, and if you can focus on the gut, we can make a huge change, as I'm sure you did uh, with your own trial. I'm sure you focus on the gut a lot, and there's there's dietary alterations you can make, you can add in um, the right spore-based probiotic that seems to heal the leaky gut and improve the absorption of those nutrients. You can add in, uh, start adding in the fermented foods and start adding in digestive enzymes. And just a few of these things will start making a measurable change over time.
0: Right, and uh, I have a, a free workshop if, if anyone's anyone if you're interested uh, to help I walk through the three stages of healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, some brain support and repair, and give you some background a little bit further on some of these things as well, and uh, and give you some diet sense in there too. And you can get that link at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop, no spaces, just free workshop, and I will add it to the uh, the show notes, which, again, are at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 20, just the numbers two zero. 0 So we need to take a short break, and we will be right back. St- Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today, we have Karen Krishnan with us, and we're talking about the link between the gut microbiome and autism. And we've talked about some of the solutions, some fermented foods. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more, I think, into uh, some, some probiotic here, because I know that there are a lot of questions out there about probiotics and what you want to look for, but let's also look at how you know the the leaky gut can get healed and how the neurotransmitters can get rebalanced and and how uh, some of these amino acids can also get ba- back to balance. So, so I'm wondering, Karen. So when we have the right diet in place, and you know there are some some gut healing supplements as well, the probiotics included. Then, uh, and then all of these things can help the leaky gut and reduce the brain inflammation. Correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the most exciting part of all of this is all of this is reversible, uh, because all of it is um, is due to the wrong microbes being present at the wrong level. And, and the gut, which is, which is interesting, can actually turn over the gut lining, the coastal lining, the, the gut, um, the intestinal lining called the epithelial lining, can turn over basically every 72 hours. Right? So even though the gut is damaged, it, it's not damaged in the sense that um, that's your, that's what you're stuck with forever, your gut repairs itself quite quickly if you have the right microbes in the right condition. So starting off, like, like you suggest, is pulling people away from the toxic sources, so getting the heavy metals out, getting the uh, Roundup out of your house, hopefully your neighbors aren't using it actively, um, so lowering exposure to all of these chemical contaminants. And then what you do, once you start adding in, um, you know, a little bit more diversity into the diet, you're starting to add a little bit of uh, fermented foods, uh, you're starting to use the, uh, using some digestive enzymes that, that would help. Um, what you start to get is a shift in the balance of the microbes in the gut. So with the uh, with kids on the spectrum, what you tend to have is a high level of clostridia and low levels of protective bacteria like, in acromansia. You also tend to have low diversity in kids on the spectrum. And diversity is one of the biggest and best measures of a healthy gut. And, and it's been widely studied for a decade now, and we understand that diversity is absolutely paramount to a healthy gut. And so when you start adding in a few more different foods each week, if you can do that, um, and then you add in the spores, it starts to increase the diversity quite dramatically. So we just sent a study for publication that will hopefully be published in the next three months where we showed that in as little as three weeks, just adding these four strains of the probiotic spores, we can increase diversity of the gut by almost 50%. So there's a significant increase in having a more diverse uh, number of microbes existing in the gut and at physiologically relevant levels, and then having the right evenness to those microbes as well, so not any one or two strains are overgrown in the gut. That's one of the things that the spores do, so they're really interesting um, bacteria that exist naturally in a, in a healthy environment, meaning in an outdoor environment. So. In unperturbed land, like if you go hiking in the woods and so on, you'll find on the, in the dirt, in the rivers and streams and the fruits and things that you might pick, these spores are exist and have existed for millions of years. Now, our ancestors got huge levels of exposure to these spores because they were smart enough to eat dirt. And we just don't get any more um, exposure to these spores like we should be getting. And at the end of the day, what the spores do is they get in, they use something called quorum sensing. They can read the microbial environment and sit next to these overgrown uh, pathogenic or, or unbeneficial organisms and, and actually bring down their levels. So they'll sit next to these clostridia that tend to be overgrown in kids with ASD and actually start to bring down their levels by producing minute amounts of antimicrobials in that little spot. And then they will produce prebiotics for the foods coming in to help regrow those beneficial bacteria that are now at a low level. You know, one example of that, one of the types of bacteria in your gut that are native to your gut that has the most protective effect against inflammatory conditions in the gut is a bacteria called Sechilin bacteria bacterioprosbythine. And in, in the Western society in general, Fecalum bacteria tend to be low. That's why we have a high prevalence rate of IBD, so Crohn's and, and colitis. And then in kids with autism, these types of protective microbes tend to be low as well. In that three-week study, when we added the spores, not only did we increase diversity, we increased the growth of Fecalum bacteria by 100 fold. So it's a significant change in what the ecology of the gut starts to look like. So in a relatively short amount of time, what you can start seeing is, is significant changes in the ecology of the gut, which means that the child will be uh, will be digesting their food better, they'll be um, assimilating those nutrients better, so pulling out more of those free amino acids from the foods and the proteins that they eat and then there's adequate stimulation for serotonin and dopamine production and a significant reduction in inflammation in the intestine and then the last part is a sealing up of the leakiness in the gut you know in a study we published last year we showed that when you add in the spores you can seal up leaky gut in as little as 30 days so we can make dramatic changes to the ecology of the gut those changes will start to trickle up into behavioral changes that you'll start to notice in your child. So most of the kids that we work with are, who are on the spectrum, once they start the probiotic, um, and then of course hopefully they're doing all of the other healthy lifestyle thing, things like, like you recommend, but they start the probiotic, they add in a, uh, a, a digestive enzyme, what you start to see is behavioral changes, slightly less food aversion, slightly less kind of um, outbreaks or. Um, you know, uh, uh, severe behavior changes on a day-to-day basis, and you start to see more calming and more ability to di- to digest more food within the first about three to four weeks. So those are really important measurable changes that can occur just by fixing that gut ecology, and then you're setting up on setting them up on the path to healing.
0: And it's encouraging to know that you know, in, in as little as three weeks, you can increase the diversity. But as little as sev- every 72 hours, that the that the gut is the gut lining is renewing itself. And 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 this doesn't have to take forever. I I do, I do notice that parents in my program are, often will tell me, you know, within you know uh, the first week, within 12 days, within especially the first three weeks, they're noticing huge behavioral changes in their children, especially telling me how their sleep. Better and how much more calm they are, and um, and that yeah. you know that alone is is a is a direct reflection of of before they've even gotten into the further aspects of the program with the rest of the detoxification. This is just from from the diet changes and some of the a little bit of the gut work that that they're doing. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's very important and it makes a big difference and and it's encouraging and, and important for 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 all parents to know that that these things are reversible and. Um, that, you know, the picky eating thing doesn't have to last forever. In fact, that will go away over time as your child's gut heals. My son was once upon a time an extremely picky eater, and I know how challenging that can be to try to get your child to eat. And now today he'll eat anything. He's fine. It's like there's there's no issue there at all. So if that helps somebody, then great. We need to take a short break right now. Again, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we will be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media, and we have Karen Krishnan here today, who is an expert in the gut microbiome, and we're talking about its direct relation, direct the direct relation between the gut and autism spectrum disorders, and those physical and behavioral symptoms that we see, such as leaky gut or a lot of anger, irritability, trouble sleeping, picky eating, all of those things uh, that can be related to uh, gut issues. And so, Karen, why don't we talk just for- briefly, uh, we have just a little bit of time left, but talking about spore-forming bacteria and what that means for a parent, because I know that a lot of spores is, why would I want to introduce spores? And it makes people sometimes think, oh, is it a mold, or is it something that's, that's detrimental? So can you just give a, a little bit on spore-forming bacteria, and then we'll we'll share some links that we have as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a spore-forming bacteria is one that Has this unique capability of when it's outside of its natural environment, like in the gut, for example, um, it can go into the spore state, which means that it basically wraps itself with a protein calcified coating. So it has this like little armor around itself, and this allows it to exist in the outside environment, which is not its native environment, um, uh, indefinitely. So these spores can be sitting outside for a few million years, and then when you swallow it, because it's in the spore form, it makes it through the gastric barrier or the the stomach acid, and then once it gets back into your intestines, it breaks out of the spore state and becomes a live, protective, functional probiotic cell for you. One of the issues we found is that the vast majority of probiotics we tested on the market tended to die in the stomach as it's going through. And so these spores have a natural unique capability of surviving through. And then the thing that we love most about them is they can get in and actually start making that really important change in the rest of the population. So um, they seem to be really beneficial and have been used in the prescription industry since 1952.
0: And then today, uh, I know, Kieran, you're involved with the product Just Thrive, and I've linked to it in the show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 20. Again, just two zero. Uh, and that spore-forming bacteria, it's, it's a way to get these spores in through the stomach acid. It does not need to be refrigerated. And, and it's a good glimpse for you when you walk into a health food store and you see something that's in a, refri- a probiotic in a refrigerated section. So you have to think for just a moment in common sense what happens when I put that probiotic into my hot body into my 96 degree body is it going to be able to survive those temperatures so that's another aspect to to, to be aware of that that you want these these uh, these bacteria to be able to survive not only a stomach acid but also the, the the temperature of the body so that it survives and is able to get down there alive and do the jobs uh, that it needs to do and Kieran is there anything else that uh, you'd like to say Before we wrap up, we're just about out of time before we wrap up.
1: Um, yeah, you know, number one thing I always tell uh, parents who are, who are working with kids, that they, the parents are so dedicated, they do so many good things for the kids, but they have to remember to take care of themselves as well. So all of the good stuff that you do for your child in terms of dietary improvement, supplementation, and all that, do that for yourself as well because we all share a microbiome in a household, and if one person's microbiome is off, then it can mess up or influence the other people's microbiome. There's actually a study published on this, So do as much as you can for yourself with your own stress, um, and that will go a long way towards helping your child as well.
0: Right. Absolutely. I am a big proponent of telling people you don't want to just do a bunch of great work on your child with autism, but not do anything for yourself or your spouse or the other siblings in the family, because then we will pass those bacteria back around to each other, whether we're sharing a kiss or an apple or a, a bite of food off the same fork or, or dipping our fork into their food or a beverage. there's And and we even from breathing, from exhaling, we, we are actually being able to get the other microbes from the other people that we live with in, in our homes, so definitely take care of yourself, and you deserve it. I know the stress levels are high. Stress again does deteriorate the positive microbiome, so we want to uh, we want to help to build that up, and and definitely have have you take care of yourself as a parent because you're working really hard, you deal with a lot of challenges, and uh, and you know our kids need us, right? You need you need to take care of you as well. I will link to everything again at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash twenty. I've got my free workshop there if you want to learn a little bit more about that, the link to the Just Thrive probiotic if you're interested in that as well, and uh, and a couple other uh, some studies there that I think you'll find really helpful. So until we see you next week, have a great week. Take care of yourself and uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoy your week and uh, your holidays as well. And uh, this is Karen Thomas at naturallyrecoveringautism.com, and we will see you next week.